know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jamin Joe, of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk some University of Georgia Bulldog baseball, along with some Atlanta Hawks basketball. But to get things started, we're going to talk a little UGA baseball, and it's just yours truly flying solo on the show this week. I've got a couple ideas in the hopper as far as getting guests for hopefully future episodes concerning the Hawks, University of Georgia baseball. And hopefully we'll be getting word about the MLB lockout ending, but I don't know when that's going to happen. So hopefully we'll get Major League Baseball here at some point. But before we get into the sports conversation for this week, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic, original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so we're going to start off tonight's show with some University of Georgia Bulldog Baseball. And I want to talk to you guys about my experience at Georgia Tech. So this was a tough weekend for the Bulldogs. We lost two of three to Tech. It's not good as a Georgia guy. It, it rips your heart out. You hate losing two of three to Tech, but but all in all, I had a really good experience over at Rush Chandler Stadium at Friday night. I want to give a special shout out to my girlfriend, Allie Hyman, for going with me. We had a great time, despite the L. And the thing I'll say about Tech is when we got there Friday night, the vibe and the atmosphere was crazy. I mean, it was sold out. I had been hearing on the radio all week long that both campus venues would be sold out Russ Chandler and Foley and the energy inside tech was real there were a lot of tech fans there we were in the heart of the tech section so they were all like pretty pretty jacked up and I started talking to one of the tech guys one of the tech guys that was near me and he was explaining to me how good this catcher Parada was for tech and that and that catcher Parada is absolutely fantastic I think that kid is going to do really well for tech this year and maybe he'll be fortunate enough to get drafted by big league franchise when he finishes up his career at Tech. He's a really talented kid, Kevin Parada. He's Tech's uh, number two hole hitter. Also Tech's leadoff hitter, Simpson, who was a transfer from UAB, I think. I was really impressed with him, his ability to put the ball on the ground and his his ability to uh, to steal bases and run. I mean, when you have a dynamic leadoff hitter like Tech has with Simpson, he's a real problem. He's a slick fielding shortstop as well. So credit to Tech with those two players. And then when you think about it from the Georgia perspective with it being Friday night I was there and I got to see Jonathan Cannon and I was all excited and I thought Cannon was going to continue his masterful work against uh, against the Yellow Jackets. But Cannon kind of had a tough start. When I mean, he gave you six innings, which was good, he gave up seven hits. He allowed six runs and they were all earned, so that kind of hurts. But some positives to take to take from the Friday night game. Corey Collins in the fourth inning crushed a ball and when I mean crushed, he absolutely crushed this ball to right center field. It was really impressive to watch. Corey Collins is a fabulous And then the other big positive from Friday night's game is we saw Georgia score six runs in the eighth inning to cut it to 8-7. But unfortunately, Georgia Tech's offense too much. 
and they ended up winning 11 to 7. But all in all, I had a really good experience at Tech. I, I can't stress that enough. I think it's a really fun place to watch a game. It's cool, cool when you look out in the outfield, you see like the big buildings um, of downtown. I, I think that's a really cool vibe out there. And the, and like I said, I mean, the stadium was electric. Like, there was so, like, there was a good atmosphere there. And there, I did notice a few Georgia fans. It wasn't as big of a Georgia contingent as I thought there would have been. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, Friday evening in Atlanta, especially trying to get over there. Like, trying to get over to Tech on a Friday afternoon is not the easiest thing to do in the world with Atlanta traffic. And then you've got, like, the parking at Tech is not the best. Fortunately, we were able to find a parking deck. So that was pretty much my experience at Georgia Tech in a nutshell. I will definitely go back there again to see the Bulldogs play baseball over at Rush Chandler Stadium. It was really... I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and so now we're going to flip it over to Saturday's game. It was pretty much short and sweet. You know, Georgia could only muster three hits. And Tech shut us out 7-zip. You know, Georgia didn't really... They never really got going offensively. I mean, they only had three hits. And then you think about the other frustrations with it. You know, Georgia's pitching could never really get going. Um, so, so Saturday was just a really tough day for the dog. And then Sunday, the goodness of Sunday. What what happened on Sunday? So Georgia bounced back in a major way. The offense exploded. They had 14 hits. And we dismantled Tech 12-3. to So we salvaged the series. And man, was that sweet on Sunday. Parks Harbor got things going. In the top of the first inning, he drew a bases-loaded walk to get Georgia's offense going. In the third inning, Parks Harbor was up again. Smashed a two-run homer and grew the UGA lead to 3-0. to zip. Parks Harbor is really coming on over at first base for the dog. I'm really happy with what we've seen out of him early in the year. He looks comfortable over it. Parks Harbor's a really athletic guy. I know he was playing some third base last year, but it looks like Josh McAllister's natural position is third base. And McAllister's a really steady guy with his glove over at third. And so I feel good about him over at third base. But Parks Harbor is just really athletic. He's a guy who has really good power. As I said in our preview episode, getting ready for Georgia baseball, Parks was dealing with a wrist injury a season ago. Now we see a fully healthy Parks Harbor. That home run he hit on Sunday was impressive. Corey Collins would follow with a home run in the top of the fifth inning. Man, Corey Collins continues to hit. I don't know how many pods I have to keep saying it, but Corey Collins, if you get a chance to watch Georgia play on TV or in person, look out for his catching is coming along. He's getting, he's getting better and better each game. As far as behind the plate, there's no doubt Corey Collins can absolutely rake. He can rake for the dog. So we saw another Corey Collins home run in the fifth. It's a big time bounce back for Georgia. It kind of makes the pain of Friday and Saturday much better. After seeing the way Georgia's offense came to play, it was really impressive. And then you think about where, and you think about where Georgia goes now. So now the dogs will travel to SRP Park in Augusta and take on Georgia Southern on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, they'll be at Georgia Southern in Statesboro for a game Wednesday evening. So it doesn't get much easier for the dogs. You get a tough series with Tech. You just got over and now you get a chance to play against another arch rival in Georgia Southern. As I talked about last week, I'm glad to see Georgia and Georgia Southern, Georgia and Georgia Southern playing against each other. I think this is a great rivalry in baseball. And the thing about Georgia Southern is they have a lot of kids that are from the state. A lot of kids that are gonna bring their best, bring their A game against the dogs. So Georgia's gonna have to Georgia's gonna have to play good baseball for the next couple days if they wanna they wanna get things going in the right direction. But Georgia Southern Georgia Southern visits Athens on the 29th of March later this month. So that's kind of how the series with Georgia Southern sets up. You know, someone attack minor league park, one game at Southern, one game in Athens. I I kind of like how they do that. You get a chance to see Georgia play against 
some in-state rivals. And like I said, these in-state rivals, you know, when they get a chance to play Georgia, they get really excited because there are a lot of kids on Tech and from Southern and heck, even from Georgia State that have a lot of kids from Georgia on it. And not all of them can come to Georgia. And so Georgia's going to have their hands full with this quick little two-game series with Georgia Southern. Where Georgia goes this weekend, the dogs play Lipscomb for the last non-conference weekend of the year. And then the grind, the gauntlet, the 10-week grind that is SEC play opens up as next weekend, Georgia will be hosting the defending national champion Mississippi State Bulldogs. That's a really big series. Hopefully Georgia can get right in SEC play because we all know the thing about the SEC, it could be football, it could be basketball, it could be softball, it could be anything. SEC is the toughest sports conference in the land. It's tougher than tough. It's it's gritty. It's just a grind for 10 weeks in baseball. And I'm for one, I'm really excited to see how this Georgia team stacks up against some of the best talent in the SEC and more SEC talk as we get closer and closer to SEC play. I think this weekend series against Lipscomb is big. I think Jordan needs to go out there, handle their business, and get ready for a tough challenge with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So that's going to kind of wrap it up for our Georgia Bulldog baseball part of the show this week. We're going to get to some Atlanta Hawks here in one second. So guys, this is where we are as far as the Hawks. I can't figure this team out. And I know Hawks Nation, Twitter, all you guys, like even just fans in general, like we can't figure this team out. I do not understand them. And when when I'm recording this, this is right after the heartbreaking loss to the Pistons in overtime. You can't lose to the freaking Pistons on the road and expect to go to the playoffs. Like it's it's just it's just a backbreaking loss. So I'm gonna go down the stat line. So Bogey Bogdanovich had 22 points, had that crazy crucial foul gets fouled out i really i really think that play really doomed us and then there were a couple moments down the stretch collins in that wide open three he missed that the free throws the collins missed late in the game before it was in overtime late in the fourth quarter was just heartbreaking when the hawks had so many opportunities and the pistons i know they had won like i think neek said five of eight but guys the pistons have only won 17 games on the season that's really really frustrating that is arguably the worst loss of the year Losing to the now 18-win Detroit Pistons. That's terrible. All the positivity and the momentum that was the Chicago Bulls game from last Thursday, which is the second biggest win in the season other than the Phoenix game. And now we fall on our face and we lose to the Pistons, although we did beat the Wizards in between. And I was feeling really good after the Wizards win, you know, enjoying the weekend. I was like, okay, I feel really good about where the Hawks are at this point. They're playing good basketball. And then we fall on our face against the Pistons. It doesn't get any easier for the Hawks. As Wednesday night, we travel to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's going to be tough sledding. But guys, I'm at a loss for words trying to figure out this Hawks. Can't figure them out because they have moments of just pure brilliance like the Bulls game. And then they just have like moments of just pure ineptitude, frustration. I don't know what's going on. But I know it all starts with Trey as kind of being the engine to kind of get things going. And he had a tough night. He really did. He had a really tough night scoring the ball tonight against the Pistons. He only had four. 14 point which was tough and um and and basically this is a total like team loss i'm again i'm just frustrated with this team i can't figure them out where did the hawks go from here they've got the bucks on wednesday we've got the clippers at home on friday and they've got indiana at home on sunday hopefully the hawks can get back start start to try to make the climb up to 500 at this point because as of now they're 30 and 32 with i want to say 18 games left guys i i just i don't know i'm, I'm doing this like with no notes this is just 
just raw like emotion and everything. This is right after the heartbreaking loss to the Pistons. And it's, I, I cannot figure this team out. I can't. I want to believe in this team. I want to believe. I want to believe in Nate. I want to believe in all that. I really do. I love this team. I love JC and I love Trey. And I, I like all the guys on the team. Clint, you know, DeAndre, all, all the guys. But I can't figure this team out. And I, do, and I know nobody can. It's just so frustrating. I just hope that they can find a way to start playing better basketball. For those of you Hawk fans that say you want to miss the playoffs, I mean, guys, I, I would rather play in the playing game than be sitting at home watching because if you think about it from a sports standpoint, what do we have to look forward to until MLB gets back? I mean, we have college baseball with the Bulldogs, which is great. And then you have, then I guess you have March Madness and golf and stuff. I mean, I mean there are other sports, but for me, like, I, like I'm a big basketball and baseball guy this time of year. And with the how frustrating it's been with UGA basketball for me, at least I knew I had the Hawks to rely on. And the Hawks have made this frustrating for me during this stretch, and especially tonight, which is sickening. I hope we can bounce back against the Bucks, beat the Clippers at home, beat Indiana. Hope, hopefully the Hawks can get right and start to play some good basketball because we've seen this team have moments playing good basketball. But it's, but it's just, I, I just can't figure it out. It's just the most maddening thing. It really is maddening. And I know every Hawks fan feels the same way I do. And it's, it's just hard. It's hard to be a Hawk fan right now because every time you want to believe and you want to hope and you want to think, oh, we're going to get things turned around. We're going to make it to 500. You fall on your face. And it's it's just hard. It's really hard to be a Hawk fan right now. I, I want to believe in this team. I do. I, I like I like the makeup of this team. I really like Nate. I think Nate's a really bright coach. It's just there are moments, you know, we miss shots or we, we don't box out or we don't play good defense on Cade Cunningham and Cunningham slicing and dicing in the rim. I just don't understand it. And as, and as a passionate, diehard Atlanta Hawk fan, as I am, I mean, I mean, guys, my Hawks fandom has been with me like ever since I started watching the NBA, which is probably, I was pretty young. I remember going to my first Hawks game ever, and I saw the Memphis Grizzlies play, Paul Gasol, and the Hawks had Dion Glover, and Sharif, and Jason Terry. I mean, I mean that right there tells you how long I've been a Hawks fan, but I've probably been a Hawks fan since like the late, late 90s, early 2000s is when I, is my first memory of the Hawks and going to that Memphis Grizzlies game. I just remember being a kid and thinking, man, Jason Jason the Jet Terry was my world. Former Hawk point guard out of the University of Arizona. Jason Terry was a clutch point guard for the Hawks. And I just like fell in love with him. He was awesome. And then you go through like the Tyron Blue era. Like I really liked Tyron Blue when he was with the Hawks. Thought he was cool. Josh Smith. Josh Smith was a great player for the Hawks back in the day. And I had a chance to meet Josh Smith at an event. And then I met him the next day at a mall. It was it was really cool. I got to hang out with Josh Smith in a span of 48 hours. I don't think many people know that story. But I was, a want to say I was like maybe 30. 13 or and here's Josh Smith like as a rookie and I'm like, I might have been 12 but I saw Josh Smith dude like you're Josh Smith and like you know I got to talk to him and he, Josh Smith was super great super great guy so anyway do those little snippets tell you how long of a Hawks fan I have been I have been through several rebuilds with this team but my but my fandom for this team has not waned it has never been questioned and it will continue to be loyal and forever to the Atlanta Hawks they're my favorite they're one of my favorite teams that I root for and and that I love to 
to talk about on this podcast. I'm a, I'm, I'm just a passionate sports fan. And when you see your team fall on their face to a team that they're obviously better than, it's just really hard. And like I said, I'm just doing this off pure emotion right now. And I hope you guys can sense the hurt and the frustration and the bewilderment that I have with the Atlanta Hawks right now. I believe in this team. I want them to start playing good basketball. But I'm just wondering if now, when guys, when are we going to start to play good basketball? When? I hope the answers are sooner rather than later. I do want to address one other thing, guys. It came out today on Monday, I guess in the afternoon. It was the news about Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons receiver, and we finally know what has been going on with him. And it came out that he will be suspended this season, and it was due to betting on NFL games and all that. And Calvin Ridley also bet on the Atlanta Falcons. We all know betting, it's a really dicey subject. Um, A lot of fans like it. You know, a lot of fans know about point spreads and stuff, but it's not okay for players who, who are in that sport to bet on the sport that they play on. It's it's just wrong. And this is just a black eye for the Falcons as a franchise. It just hurts. I know Ridley was technically away from the team. And it also just goes to show like that Calvin Ridley is dealing with something pretty significant. I hate it for him. And it just sounds like Calvin Ridley really needs help. And it, like, I, like I said, it's just really heartbreaking. It's really sad. I, for one, am sad, mad, confused, upset, and I hate it for Calvin that he's in this situation. He broke the rules, and it's just not, it's not a good light to be put in, and I I just hate it for the Falcons as a franchise. It it really hurts, and so now we're gonna have to, when you think about it from a football standpoint, Ridley's $11 million salary is not gonna go against the cap, so so that's how you look at it from a on-field perspective. But at the end of the day, I'll continue to say it. I I just, I hate it for Calvin Ridley that he's in this situation and all this kind of stuff. And like I I said in the beginning when I first started talking about this, it's a black eye for the Falcon franchise, for a franchise that has had it tough and for Falcon fans everywhere. Myself, so many Falcon fans, it, it just... It hurts. It hurts us as a fan base. I, I hate it for the organization. It, it just really hurts sad. And that's all I'm going to say. So before we get on out of here, guys, I want to tell you about FanFrostSeasons.com. And it's our website. You can go check out our merchandise store. And in our merchandise store, we have sweatshirts. We have t-shirts. We have hoodies. So you can check all that out in a variety of colors. Like really, really good stuff. I, for one, love wearing my podcast gear. It's great. So check it out at FanFrostSeasons.com. You can also check out all our past episodes. Episodes. They're all archived there, and you can check those out and listen to this future episode when it's dropped, which it'll probably be on Tuesday. This episode will drop. So check it out. Make sure to give it a listen. Make sure to give all our past episodes a listen. So that's the beauty and the fun of FanFrostSeasons.com. There's also one last fun thing about it. There's a bio of how the podcast came to be, and that's a lot of fun. You can read that. You can read up on how RG3 and I got to be so close and so like connected, and we've had this friendship that stood the test of time so that's really cool too so so yeah so that's the goodness of fanfrostseasons.com before we get on out of here it's time to get a word from our sponsor and fanfrost seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original smoked barbecue catering you can learn more at georgiasmoke.com for myself jim and joe this has been another exciting installment of the fanfrost seasons podcast i'll talk to you guys next week see ya